Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. Hi, Lauren Grace here, and welcome to the Afterlight Podcast. And I'm joined today by Karen Doherty. Since the discovery of her abilities, Karen has worked tirelessly to bring the world of spirit to those who need it most. From the UK to the USA, from Asia to Australia, clients from all over the world meet with Karen to receive readings, enroll in mentorships, and share a space for discussions on the power of spirit. A woman with spirit and a breath of fresh air, Karen offers a contemporary approach to psychic work and mediumship based on traditional principles. Filled with love and compassion, she stands as one of the most reputable and skilled mediums in modern times. And she's joining me and you today, and we're going to be talking about all things mediumship. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. So one of the things I didn't tell you when we um, before I hit record is that I spent uh, quite a bit of time in Scotland back in my early 20s. And I just think Scotland has my heart like I live in Australia and it has my heart as well. But there's something about Scotland that just gets me so deep. So whenever I'm speaking with someone from Scotland, I automatically am in my happy place. So thank you for taking the time to be with me. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. And I completely understand what you mean about Scotland. I mean, it's so many people say the same thing. It's it's just a very majestic place sometimes. Yes, that's definitely true. And I think, I'm not sure if I'm right in saying this, but I do sometimes feel like mediums who come from Scotland are almost coming at the uh, the mediumship world in a, in a different way, because I'm kind of under the impression that it's more of a talked about thing in your culture, you know, like it's so ancient there. So I I just sort of feel that maybe for some of the, maybe more like North America, maybe even Australia, for example, that it's not really as commonplace, but understanding about ghosts and tradition and history and castles and things like that just really seems sort of part of the, the Scottish experience. Would you say that that's correct? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think that I'm really lucky to come from here and do what I do just really because like you say it's quite rich in history here you know um, it's very Celtic you know it seems to be you know from the days of the clans and we we talk about things coming from that time uh, and everything to do with mediumship and witches and you know all the all the things you could imagine um, because there is so much history here. So how did it start for you? Were you a medium from, were you a self-realized medium from a very young age? Was this something that you grew into? Did you have some kind of interesting experience or story or was it even just part of your everyday growing up? How did your spiritual journey kick off in terms of mediumship and maybe just even the, the bigger picture of spirituality? Well, really, for me, I mean, I was always, as a young child, aware, anyway, that there were other people. That's what I used to call them, other people, mm. knowing that they weren't of this world, but not really understanding where else, you know, I didn't put put it as a separate thing. I just knew that these people weren't seen by everyone, but I was never frightened. So mm. my grandmother on my father's side, she was very mediumistic although I didn't know that term at the time, I was just a child, but she used to say things like, you know, when Karen comes in, she brings spirit with her. And she just kind of had this knowledge that I could see things or feel things. So I kind of grew up with that as my normality in that sense from her, but everyone else really didn't see it. You know, it was something I had to kind of work out for myself as I grew up really. And I did have lots of experiences where, I could feel people, I could see someone walk in the room with some, you know, with someone in this side of life, but not really, not really thinking, well, that makes me a medium, just understanding that I could see these things. So as I went through my teenage life and had experience, life experience, 
it seemed to just pick up more and more. And it was a bit later than that, probably in my very early 20s, that I knew that I was supposed to do something with this um, because the messages and the communication was just becoming so much more all the time. So I then went to a development circle, which we have here. It's like a home circle where we all sit together just to develop that um, link with spirit. And I started to do that and very, very quickly within only a few weeks realized it's almost like the penny dropped that I'm actually communicating. Like I just felt it was something that I felt, but really then I realized actually, no, there's a communication going on here. And I was able to really plug into that and start reading for people. And it's just kind of gone from there. Oh, I absolutely love that. Um, so many things and so many ways we can go off on, on your story, so many tangents to take. One of the things that's coming to mind at the moment is I do want to talk about the concept of evidential mediumship. So our listener at home may be already familiar with evidential mediumship. I want to know whether or not that's how you sort of classify some of the work that you do. And if you could explain that a little bit. I remember when I was taking um, some mediumship training, because I'm a medium myself as well, that you know, the teacher was sort of talking about how for some people they want to get maybe the facts and the, the information to come through and then almost impart the sentiments or the messages and, and things of that nature. And she was kind of asking us to sort of explore within ourselves what's important to us. Is it important to get the messages to deliver? Is it important to, to get the evidence? So I'd love to know for yourself whether or not uh, you kind of look at both of those aspects, whether or not you claim to be an evidential medium, and if you could define that a little bit. Sure. Uh, I do think it's very important to be an evidential medium. It's something that I have really strived for from the very start, because yeah. for me, it was more about, you know, how can I tell someone I have their mother there and then just start giving messages from the mother without proving that I have the mother there so yeah. for me the evidence is very very important I think it's very easy and I do think it's something that's done quite a lot uh, it, you know within some forms of modern mediumship where it's more about you know saying to the person you know I have your mother here and she's telling me x y and z for you and she's talking about a possible house move and you know things that are very general in life for yeah. a lot of people and for me that's just not really what the medium's job is the medium's job I feel is really to make that connection so strong and that blending so strong that that spirit person can tell their story through their eyes which will include all of their evidence so once that evidence comes forward it gives the recipient that trust that yes that's my mother yes that's my father that you didn't know that you couldn't have known that and really then it it builds from there and then the sentiment comes in the things that they want to say the things they want to bring forward the things yeah. that they see and also a very important part of the evidence is to prove life hereafter which means you know, you have to come up with something, you have to be able to take something from spirit that's happening now, because it's quite easy to link in with someone's auric field in a psychic way and pick up who was in their life. I can pick up psychically, you know, that your mother's in the spirit side, that her name was Catherine, that you, you could pick up evidence from the, the sitter yeah. in a psychic way without making any contact with the mother and spirit. So the mother has to be able to come forward and give you something along the lines of your mother was with you when you looked through her jewellery box yesterday and picked yes. out the ring or whatever it might be, but it's to prove that actually the things they're seeing now from the spirit side so that it proves they're still alive. Yes, I love that so much. And I know I've done readings before when I go, well, I want to keep talking about like the knocky, making knocky. Oh, we were just making knocky the other day. And I love that. Do you yeah. find that when you do your readings, it's a lot about uh, evidence and also acknowledgements in a way? So it's about bringing through information to kind of validate the person that you're talking to. And then it's a lot about the acknowledgements of maybe people in that person's life, situations that are happening. Is that kind of how it works for you? It is. It's, a reading is always almost mixed between psychic and mediumship. So you're connected to that spirit person or those people over there, but you're also connected with your recipient as well. So in a psychic way, you can bring that too. 
and it kind of works between both some of it will come from spirit where they're acknowledging things in the person's life and maybe other situations around the person and then sometimes you'll just dip into the psychic and pick up things about the person's life so it's always a mixture and the only way I feel that that isn't the case is really if someone is grieving very badly for someone and it has to be all about the spirit side and of course that really then brings the healing that's needed as well yes I want to ask you in a minute a little bit about whether or not you have like a waiting period before you're willing to work with somebody in terms of grief and in terms of allowing the um maybe the the person who's passed to also settle in in a way. I also want to talk to you a, a little bit about whether or not you have any sort of ideas uh, or I guess values in terms of connecting to spirits who have just passed. And I'll use an example in a moment. But before that, I want to talk to you about how you discern information. So we know that we have, you know, numerous clairs, the four main clairs being you know, that we can hear, that we can see, that we can know, and that we can feel. And, you know, I'm not going to go into clairsentience, clair, you know, clear audience. It's just like for our listener at home. So they know it's a really simple way of putting it. I'd love to know for you, Karen, like, how do you perceive information? Do you have a clair that's particularly stronger than other ones? Did that one show itself first? And then the other one showed up after? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was the, the the feeling. It was the clairsentience, first of all, for me. It was just that I could feel everything on such a powerful level and then interpret that feeling and then be able to bring that forward. But I think what happened for me was I didn't realise that I was also using the clairvoyance and the clairaudience until I really started to look at how I was working and kind of break it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also the knowing as well. Sometimes I would just kind of say just open my mouth and the words would come out I didn't know how they got there I didn't know why I was saying specific things so I think initially that's how it worked until I started to look at the whole process of it and then I was able to realize actually I am using all four I am they're coming in at different times and it's it's dependent on how the spirit person can communicate as well you know I might have someone in spirit that really is very good at getting the information to me through vision or through feeling but maybe not being able to do it in all ways so I think it's yeah. really about just opening up and seeing how that comes in I love that one of the things that I realized as well and I've talked about it a bit on the show before is that the you know to explore the medium side of things for myself I felt that it's been an incredibly huge test of trust in myself and mm -hmm. it's funny, like, even as I said that, I felt emotional for some reason, because I think it's almost that we get to know ourselves in a completely different way. And, you know, we're, we're constantly as, as mediums, maybe this isn't fair to say for yourself, but I mean, for me, it's that whole dance between the head and the heart, almost it's like the spirit head and the ego mind, you know, where we're, there's like, for me, sometimes I can almost see it as driving down a road and I could go off to the right and that's my mind ego and I could go off to the left and that spirit you know coming through did you find that yeah. it was difficult to trust the things that you were coming through considering you've sort of been in the world for a long time was that a thing that you had to learn and discover or I mean it takes a lot of <laughs> It takes a lot of confidence to tell somebody something about someone who's passed away that they love mm -hmm. and to present yeah. them with that information. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I think initially what you were saying about the, the dance between, you know, the two um, is yeah. very relevant to mediums. I think that because we go through such a personal development, I felt that a lot of uh, what I had to do was do a personal development on some level not first but alongside yeah. my mediumistic development so you do get to know yourself on a, a whole different level you get to know who you truly are for your essence of spirit your higher self so then you're kind of left in this world with having to be so sensitive because you're opening up your senses and developing those senses so that you can work with your mediumship but really sometimes that's really difficult because then you feel everything on such a, a high level you know so it does affect you in a different way so I, I do completely agree with you and 
absolutely understand. And the other thing about the trust is it is a big thing. It is a big thing to be able to say to someone, this is what I'm receiving and this is who I've got. But I think the, the trust really does start to come the more you know your mediumship. So the more I, I knew I was a medium, the more I believed I was a medium, I just then decided, well, as soon as I open myself up to spirit, then it's not me. It, it, I'm just of service. I'm just in that space, holding space for them yeah. and for the person in front of me. And I, I, I've always said to any client that I speak to, I will just do my best. And, you know, let's see what happens. I think there's such a pressure on mediums to deliver, you know, like if you're yeah. giving a reading, it must be excellent 100% all the time yeah. and mediums know it doesn't always work like that but yeah. in the main we just hope that everything's good yeah exactly have you ever been doing a reading and you get information let's say from the person who's passed and it's sad because sometimes you know I don't know what it's like for you but sometimes we just receive information and we deliver I mean a big part about being a medium is that we we're channeling stuff so we deliver it. We don't sit there all the time. At least in my experience, I don't sit there and go, oh, you know, should I leave this out? Should I put this in? You know, very often I'm a channel and I'm, I'm the conduit. It's like, I am not, I'm the vehicle that spirit is using to share this information. And I don't feel that it's appropriate necessarily for me to tell you what you should or should not hear. Cause I don't know. But then at the same time, mm -hmm. I never want anyone to have a reading with me that doesn't feel uplifting and supportive. Yeah. Any thoughts on yeah. that? Yeah, it's a difficult one because sometimes yeah. we will, of course, pick up, you know, things that maybe are not the it's not that we would have well for me personally I don't ever pick up anything that's bad or that no. someone's going to leave me with you know anxiety or fear yeah. um it's it really is an uplifting experience but you can pick up certain situations around the person's life sometimes that maybe aren't good where you feel that you know the outcome of that or that you know in a way you you're trying to help and guide but at the same time you don't want to influence decision because obviously it's not our job to influence any decision so yeah. I think you just have to use your discretion at that point and you might yeah. be picking that up from the spirit person but also you might be picking that up psychically the outcome of someone's relationship or life or something that's going on for them mm. but I think as mediums we have to be very careful and use discernment to deliver that even if it's something that's not the best news, you know, we do it in a way that will be diplomatic and uplift the person and guide them at the yes. same time. I think you've just got to be aware of that as you yeah. as you deliver that. I agree with that wholeheartedly because, you know, sometimes, you know, we get information. It's like, I guess the, the example that I was thinking of when I was saying that was, you know, sometimes people in spirit, I feel are grieving you know, like they've gone early or there's something and there's sometimes sadness there. And, you know, I just find sometimes that, yeah. that that's difficult to, to share with the person. It It's difficult to convey that, isn't it? Because there's grieving on both sides all the time. I mean, yeah. the people in the side, of course, settle and because they know that they can see us and that they're still here. The grieving for the ones that are left behind is very final because they don't know whether to believe that their loved one yeah. is there. Even if they, even if they have that belief, they they can't see them, they can't touch them. They, they so it, it's it's a it's a different kind of grief. But I agree where sometimes you'll just feel overwhelmingly sadness from that spirit person because of things. And in particular, one that I did struggle with a lot within my early mediumship was uh, when young people had passed children or or youths you know had yeah. passed away and I that was a very tough one because you know that that parent or grandparent or sister or brother who is there your recipient you know that you can only do so much in that moment and that used to leave me feeling you know I've done my best and we've brought that through and hopefully it's helped of course but there's situations that you just feel well how can how can, what else can you do you know so I struggled with that in early mediumship much yeah. better as I obviously went through more development and understanding um and at the end of the day you know it is a beautiful thing communication is a beautiful thing it's just hard sometimes at that moment 
Yes. One of the things I always reiterate when I'm giving readings to people as well is that the journey ahead is yours to shape, you know, and you need to listen and you need to go through, run everything through your own filter and your own truth. And I exactly. think that, yeah, I think sometimes I know you're in your experience, but I find sometimes people are wanting, you know, an answer that, that everything is going to be, you know, perfect without having to put in any effort or without having to face certain things or without having to like make certain decisions. And yeah. Do you ever sort of struggle with, with that, with, with kind of with having clients like that, or just wanting to say, Hey, you know, I, you have to actually put in some work here or take responsibility, for example. Absolutely. I think that there's so many um, people that come hoping for that guidance, needing that answer, that you're going to tell them this is how it's going to work out if you do X, Y and Z. But yeah. something I always um, promote is really this is to empower you. This isn't so that I can make your life better or yeah. the spirit people are not going to come and interfere in your life as such. They don't they're not here to make your decisions for you because of course that's part of your journey your development and and regardless if you make a right choice or wrong choice you're going to learn from that and kind of shape yourself afterwards so I really am on the same lines as you where I just I don't want to take decisions into my hands or give guidance to do that and I think I don't know how you feel about this but I mm. feel that now the way the world is now, everything is so express, everything is so fast, everything is so instant. And I think that people then forget to look within themselves, forget to make that connection to themselves, their centre, their own essence to say, how do I feel? They automatically want to go to somebody, what do I do? And and yeah. that's not what mediumship's about. Mediumship's about um, understanding spirituality and bringing that forward and bringing healing from the spirit side and to to prove life hereafter yeah that's 100 percent true and I absolutely love that I mean I had a client the other day and that's one of the things that I was reinforcing was that we know the answer within our own souls like and when life is flowing and it's joyful and it's it's easy and graceful that means we're ticking along and we're going where we're meant to and the minute things get sticky or difficult or anxiety or stress we need to sit back. We need to pivot. We need to get more information, but the truth is coming from your own soul. It's coming from within. And I think that's the same with mediumship is that people should know that they don't need to hurry up and make things fit. You know, I know I've done um, Facebook lives and, you know, I'll be reading for someone and all these people in the comments are trying to make everything that I'm saying fit for their particular loved one. And potentially sometimes it could be because sometimes I've got more than one spirit and I'm on a live, so I'm not necessarily talking to everybody. So we're not like yeah. in a platform where someone can call out and go, no, it's actually my loved one yeah. and get it together. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, would you agree that it's sort of the responsibility of maybe, I guess the medium to educate the sitter, but the sitter to also kind of realize that. And, and I understand when people are grieving and they desperately want to hear from somebody that they're going to make all of these little pieces sort of fit, but it, it shouldn't actually have to be difficult like that. We should have those aha moments in a way. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think that, of course, we understand why that happens. And like you said, it's about grief. It's about that desperation to connect with their loved one. Yeah. Um, so we understand that as mediums, but really the medium's job is really to educate, really to bring forward look this is a very sacred thing and it's a very amazing thing and it's not you know it's not like scientific in that way where yeah. it works in a certain way every time and I think that it's important to have those moments where it can be for that certain person so that they feel that connection very strongly and even in events you know I do a lot of events with audiences and You'll you'll see coming up to the the second row at the back, and this is what I've got. And someone on the other side of the room will always put their hand up and say, "No, I think that's for me." And it's really because we have we also have um things in common, you know. So yes. we have illness in common, names in common, life situations in common, and it can feel sometimes like that is definitely my person. And then I say, but just wait, there's got to be something that takes, you know, that defines that it's your person and not theirs. And yeah. so as the medium, it's our job to look for that, to make sure that we get the right contact. 
Yeah, that's so beautiful. So let's go back to the question I alluded to earlier that I really wanted to ask you. So the question was around whether or not you have a, so I was listening, I was reading, I think it was John Holland's book, Bridging Two Realms. I think that's what it's called. And um, I believe in that book, he was talking about that he has a period, like a wait time. I don't know if it was six months or he has some kind of time for himself where he he doesn't want, he won't read for people unless it's been a certain amount of time that the person that they want to connect to has passed. And then I have other uh, colleagues, I guess you could say, that don't ha have those particular rules for themselves. They feel really comfortable and confident in being able to um, to read for anyone. Obviously, they do the best they can. You can't always guarantee it's going to come through, although most of the time we can connect to the person. Do you have a personal you know, sort of wait time or, or checklist that people have to follow or any values that you follow in terms of, of the appropriate time in which to, to make contact with someone who has passed? Well, when I was first um, in development years ago, the teacher that I had at the time, she was really old school, really traditional. And she used to tell us, you know, that you can't read for someone for two years until, oh. you know, two years after the passing. And it never made sense to me, Laura. And I was always feeling mm. like, how can that be right? You know, and so yeah. I just kind of went my own way with that a little bit. And for me, not even now, I always say to the sitter, you know, you come when you're ready. I'm happy to see you when you're ready. The spirit person will be there. There's no time frame for them. There's no time in spirit. Exactly. So they will come through. I've had people accidentally, or you could call it where I was doing readings for someone years ago, and I'd read for three people. And I'd said to the lady, I'll come and do three readings. And then that's, you know, my limit that day. And she's at the end of the last one, she said, Oh, my friends came and she would really love to have a reading with you. And I kind of, right, well, I'll try, you know, I didn't want to be too tired. I wanted to make sure that it was a good quality of work. Yeah. So anyway, the lady came in. And as soon as she sat down, I started to get all of this information about this man who had passed away abroad and he had two daughters and his wife and I named the, I gave the, the, the name of the wife and it just all flowed really, really fast. And she really just looked a bit startled. And I said to her, oh, I'm really sorry. Does this not make sense to you? Yeah. And she said, well, it does. She said, but it's my friend's husband and he just died this morning. Oh. And he died on a, on a, a journey back home on the airplane from abroad goosebumps so, all over yeah and I oh. and that was my first real experience of oh my goodness like this has just happened uh, and that taught me my belief was right there's no time frame for spirit they will come if they can come and communicate yeah. and make that happen that's what they will do but it's more about the the recipient I feel so I said to the lady whatever you do, please don't go and tell your friend this right at this moment in time. She doesn't need to hear that some medium that she's never met yeah. has, you know, produced this information when she's just heard that her husband's passed away. So I said, please use your discretion, tell her at a time that you feel is right for her. Um, because it really is about the person there being emotional. It's the Your spirit person doesn't want to come through and upset you in any way. They want to come and help and heal and so if it's going to be too much for the recipient I say just wait but there is no time frame for me I just kind of leave it up to the person yeah that's beautiful and I think that you know one of the things I'm hearing from you as well is that you know as the medium you also have to be comfortable with whatever you're doing and if something doesn't feel in alignment or that something just feels a little bit off listening to that and if you don't feel that way then the light is green and to move forward, you know? So, and then I, I, that's yeah. again, you backing yourself, you trusting yourself, which is the whole part of the thing, isn't it? I'm sure that you've had experiences, Lauren, where you've kind of gone to do something or you've maybe been asked to do some work somewhere and it just doesn't feel yes. right for you. You know, I was asked to do some work before and I just, I, I just felt, okay, you know, that's fine. You want to work for spirit wherever you get the opportunity. So yeah. you feel that, you know, you have to say yes, because that's your work. But I remember feeling like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not feeling that that's the right situation for me. And yeah. it was proved correct, you know, that it, and I'm glad I didn't, I wasn't involved in that. Um, so I, again, like you say, it's back to the trust of knowing your own mediumship and knowing what you stand for and kind of sticking with that. Yeah. Do you believe as well that 
you know, do you ever make an effort to contact someone who, okay, let me tell you the actual story so that you can. (laughs) So a couple of months ago, Matthew Perry died. And I remember I was, you know, reading a, like a Facebook, I don't know, post of somebody who was wanting to channel him or who was wanting to find someone who could channel him. And it was around the time of his passing. And I remember a lot of people were feeling that that was rude. Uh, you know, it was kind of not really appropriate, allow the the soul to grieve and to do their thing. And the person who had put out the inquiry sort of said, yeah, but it, I, I don't know, I didn't listen to the entire post about it. So I really am paraphrasing being a bit of a headline reader here, but they had felt comfortable with, with the process because they had felt that, you know, if, if he came through and there was things to say, he wouldn't, if he, if he didn't, then he wouldn't. And, you know, like the soul has free will as well. So I was just kind of curious whether or not you have an, an opinion on that, not necessarily that example, but I guess the idea of, you know, again, we were sort yeah. of talking about the sitter here, but then, you know, I'm thinking about the soul as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel it, it's dependent on the situation. I mean, I feel that it's such a personal thing. I, I think that especially with celebrities and people that are known, I think there's a fascination for everyone to want to make that contact or, you know, if they're involved in mediumship or looking at mediumistic things the, and someone famous passes away, yeah. You know, I've heard people talk about Elvis. I've heard people talk about Michael Jackson. I've heard people talk about just anybody that's been in the, you know, in in front of the camera. Yeah. For me, that doesn't sit with me too well in respect of unless I'm sitting with that person's family, why am I trying to connect with that spirit? Yeah. They might have been famous. They might have things to say that they still want to say because of what their journey was here and, and how they want to impart their knowledge. I have no issue with that. Mm-hmm. But I feel that that would then surely come through a personal connection and not really for the masses or for anyone that wants to tune in. I mean, I'm I'm quite sure there's a lot of people who would love to talk to Elvis through a medium or, yeah. you know, someone similar. Um, yeah. But as a medium, I'm not I'm not going to go and look for that person. That's something that will happen organically for me. So it's not that I disagree with it if it's what, you know, people feel they want to do or they're open to that. But I really would look at the purpose behind it. You know, is it more about the the people here needing that? Or is it about the spirit person needing to do that? And you said it yourself, you know, they have their free will. They, I'm quite sure Matthew Perry will come through to his people at the right time and if he wants to come through in a public way then that will happen too for a medium just you know sporadically or randomly but to go and look for it I'm not so sure because of course the mind comes into it as well then I've I've actually watched some mediums who have said you know oh I've got this person there's there's one I don't know names or anything like that but I've seen one before saying they go to heaven to look for these people and they bring messages and there's thousands of followers listening to that there's thousands of people saying how amazing it is and everything and I'm there's 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 no evidence there 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 can't be evidence because it's not a personal connection the only things you're ever going to know is things that have been in the public domain and for me that that doesn't quite work yeah I agree and I know that myself I really need to get that evidence coming through to establish the person before I bring through any sentiments, because even if I bring through sentiments and the person is happy with that, I know on my own level that I, I need that so that it feels like it's even more authentic. authentic. Yeah, yeah. Authentic is exactly right. Yeah. And I, I'm the same mindset of you. I'm not interested in exploring that sort of that world at all. Um, the mediumship yeah. that I do, I think it's probably in line with what you do. It's it's to be of service. It's to provide healing to people. It's to provide them with an understanding that we don't die when we when we trans transition when we transform. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, giving them that that confidence and that courage to know that the people that they love they'll meet again. And I think that is just one of the most humbling opportunities ever. What are some of the favorite readings that you've had or maybe a couple of stories that you've I'm totally putting you on the spot I didn't tell you I was gonna ask this question but no that's okay I just love Um, hearing it I was going to 
on the back of what we were discussing about yeah. you know celebrities and things I was going to you know tell you a story that in a way that I feel the spirit person or the spirit world are very clever in what they do so I was invited to I don't know if you've heard of a medium called Helen Duncan she was a Scottish medium she was a physical medium oh I um, don't think so but I'm writing it down sort of 1900s and okay. um Oh, she's absolutely amazing. Now, when I came into my mediumship and, and started to develop it, I had such a fascination with Helen Duncan and her story. And I'll briefly just outline it. She was a physical medium. She didn't know she was a physical medium until it started to happen. Then she um, started holding seances. And of course, at that time, it was a little bit, you know, under wraps. It wasn't the done thing in the public eye. Yeah. Um, so she'd done a few seances and at one of them, a sailor materialised and spoke to his mother and told his mother that he had passed two years previously and that the ship had gone down um, and it was war times. And the mother was obviously, she had no news. She didn't know that her son had passed. Oh my so God. she went to she went to the authorities and said, why didn't you tell me that my son had passed and the ship had gone down? Well, Helen Duncan was put to jail because yeah. they called her a spy they said she must be a wartime spy how did she get this information and so she spent um i think nine months in total in prison for witchcraft and they charged her with it at the high court and and actually her family are still really um trying to get a free pardon for her even now to this day oh, so i was fascinated with all of that i thought she was an amazing medium and so just when before I, you I, continue karen yep. I, I just, I'm hearing my listener at home and they don't, and she or he might not know what physical mediumship is. Can you quickly okay. just summarize that yeah, for those who don't know yet? So the physical mediumship is where the people in the room can see spirit. So there's a, a substance called ectoplasm that comes from the medium and there's the, the spirit like a gas you... kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it almost looks like, um, I don't know how you would describe it. I mean, I know years ago they said it looked like cheesecloth or, you know, it's just this uh, white substance that builds up and it, it creates the face of the person or the body of the person. And it's very physical and everyone in the room can see it. Uh, and the spirit person can use the medium's vocal cords to speak and, and produce direct voice. So it's their voice coming from spirit. It's a very, very rare phenomenon. It's not something that... I don't even know that it happens all that much now. I think years ago it did more often, but now mediumship's changed. The world's a faster place. No one sits and develops for years and years and years. That's that right. Is. In the so, same group of people at the same time every, yeah, exactly. Huge discipline. So yeah. that's what physical mediumship is. So, so this is what Helen done and that's what she continued to do. So after the incident where she was put to prison, she came out and vowed she would never do another seance, but she was persuaded and she done a seance down in England and it was a setup and the police raided the seance and because they raided it, Helen Duncan, who was obviously in deep trance at the time, um, was was injured because the ectoplasm then goes back inside the medium's body and she actually died of internal burns because oh. of that oh. that raid so her story is very fascinating anyone that wants to look it up there's lots you know about her there's um facebook pages about her anyone can look that up but when i started i was fascinated with her she's actually from well, she moved to the town that I, the city that I come from. So I, I walked the streets that she walked. I just was so fascinated. But anyway, Response. years on, I, yeah, years on, <laughs> I was invited to demonstrate at the Helen Duncan Convention. And I, I don't know how it came about. I don't know how the person got my name, but I just decided, oh, I would love to do that because I love Helen Duncan. So along I went, I did a talk and then I done a demonstration. At the demonstration, I had a woman come through from Spirit I went straight to the table that I needed to speak to. There was four women on the table. I said, this woman that I've got is this and that. And I built, you know, she was so powerful, so strong. I was just saying, it's your grandmother. They were all saying yes. And all I said, she must have been involved in this work because she's very adamant about it. And all of this stuff came through. I didn't put any of my own judgment on it. It was just information that I was bringing through. Yeah, Absolutely. 
And afterwards, they came up to me and they said, um, thank you so much for that. And I said, that's no problem. They said, do you know who you had? And I said, well, it was your grandmother. And they said, yes, our grandmother is Helen Duncan. And I could not believe it. I was <laughs> like stunned. But then it made sense because of her, her fierceness for the work, how she felt, all of that that came through. And it was all personal things that ha wouldn't be in the public domain. There's no way I could have known so in that moment, I thought, wow, how clever spirit are. She knew that I knew about her, but she didn't give me that information. She gave me all the other information. So it was evidential for her family. Um, and But I felt greatly honoured, greatly honoured that she chose to work through me yeah. at her own convention. Uh, and so the reason I was sharing that particular story is because I feel that it's the same with celebrities or famous people. You know, you don't you don't have to look for that. If there's a connection in the audience or a connection of the recipient to that person, they will bring through things in a very personal way. Yeah. And yes, eventually you might be able to catch on that that's, you know, if this was Matthew Perry, for instance, you would maybe he would tell you that you would get visions of that eventually. But I just think the information spirit bring is not really to dazzle people with this. You know, this is who I was. It's more about the personal aspect of it. Yeah, because spirit aren't trying to put on a show, even though sometimes they're in a show setting when they come through. They mm -hmm. you know there's a healing that needs to happen there. There's an acknowledgement. There's a, you know, almost a confirmation again of life after death. Maybe even for you, there was a small gift for it, maybe a large gift for it uh, for you within that mm -hmm. as well. So, mm -hmm. and you know, what's funny is that, you know, our human minds, we can't wrap our head around, you know, most of the stuff that is the universe and spirituality and, you know, sometimes all of these little things that happen are part of some bigger picture, some bigger plan, moving us along in another direction or, or readjusting where we're currently at. And I just absolutely yeah. love how as a medium, when we're connected and even just as a spiritual being, I think about understanding the, the need to go with the flow. Do you ever find that it, it can be difficult sometimes to, to exist as a spiritual person here in the human in the human world that's something that I feel that I I have yeah. challenges with sometimes with spiraling or second guessing myself or self-love you know those are kind of the main themes for me <laughs> I think I agree with you though it's not for me it's like as a medium I think that people not and I don't mean this like everyone but sometimes you're expected to know everything about spirit everything about the universe how does it all work what does it do well I'm not an expert on that. I, I feel like sometimes as a medium, it's important just to be present. It's important just to be here for your work. Whatever your work is, the spirit world will guide you towards it. Yeah. And it's not really about needing to know every aspect of every spiritual part. I don't, I, I feel like if we focus on too much, then we lose sight of the real essence of what we're supposed to be doing. Um, And as a as you say you know as a spirit person in human form here we're constantly between the human and the spirit you know and it's because we are aware of that uh, I always say to my students you know when you use the term ignorance is bliss that's a real term for a reason because if you're not aware of some of this stuff if you don't feel things on such a high level then you're just not aware of it and you go along in your life and you're maybe sometimes you know your eyes are still closed at certain things and you just go on with it but once you are awake, once you know what this life's about, once you understand it, then it's almost like, how can you, like you say, wrap your head around every little thing? It's just impossible. And I think sometimes it's important for us to just, just sit still, just don't worry about things. Don't worry about why things are happening. Everything's happening for a reason. We just have to trust that. So we can't preempt things all along the way. And I think sometimes as mediums, because we are so good at guiding other people and bringing guidance forward for them, sometimes it's hard to do that for ourselves all the time too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it goes back to one of the things you were talking about earlier, which is a lot about the information that we get and the sensitivity and you know, I, I came out as a medium, you know, probably two years ago now or something like that. And 
I think I always knew that I could do that. I don't know whether or not I had experiences when I was younger and I shut them down. I'm not sure. I don't have the recollection of that, but it wasn't until I was in my late thirties that I realized through this podcast that I was an empath. And I went, it was as though all of a sudden my whole life had made a little bit more sense where I understood that and, and figuring out how to discern that. And I guess I'm just kind of wondering, you know, as somebody who's sensitive, as somebody who understands about energy, how do you find you're able to maintain that? I sometimes avoid situations or block out my calendar for weeks at a time because I'm just not able to to go there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was no, just I curious agree. about I... your experience. Yeah. Cutting cords is obviously that... important. Yeah, I think we're very, very similar, Lauren. I yeah. think that, you know, it's about recognizing that energy wise as well, you know, as an empath, as someone who feels everything, as a sensitive, um, it can be overwhelming sometimes. And I do feel that it's something you need to recognize within yourself if you're a worker for spirit, that you do need to block the calendar out. You do need to take time out. You can't be. I think also because you're kind of everything to everyone sometimes, meaning you've got your family, you've got your own human life, you're you're doing your own personal things, relationships. Also, then you've got, you know, the, your spirit work, which can be a lot at times, meaning you're yeah. busy, your calendar's busy. Uh, you want to educate, you want to do things like this amazing podcast. You There's so much you want to try to fit in, but sometimes it is important to realise that, you know, you've only got a certain amount of energy too. You are human at the end of the day too, and you can't do it all. And you also have to realize as an empath that you do pick up on everyone else's energy a lot of the time. So you do have to shut it down sometimes. You do have to say, I'm closing my door, I'm blocking my calendar, I'm, I'm taking three weeks off. And it's not easy to do that because in your mind, well, I, I don't know about you, but certainly for me, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'll take that time off. And then it starts ticking over like, oh, I've got those emails to reply to. I've got, I need to do that. If I don't do that now, then that person's waiting or I can't get them booked or, oh, that's urgent. And you'll get, you know, requests of, oh, could you fit me in sooner? And please, I need that. And you don't want to turn people away. So it, it's yeah. it's difficult to have your own discipline, but it's something that I have had to learn the hard way sometimes to take that time out, to block the calendar, to not worry about it. And I don't know about you as well, Lauren, but I feel if I take time off, I was off just a couple of weeks ago for eight days. And honestly, in those eight days coming to the end, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But coming to the end of that, I was like, I haven't even spoken to spirit this week. That's terrible. You know, I need to make that connection. And yeah. Yeah. And then you exactly start to me. panic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you panic and then someone books a reading and you're like, oh no, can I even do this anymore? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like going back to the drawing board all of a sudden. Yeah. You're back to square one thinking, yeah. right, okay, I, I hope I, you know, I hope I can just get this connection when I need yeah. it. And it's silly because the spirit never go away if you're a medium. No. You know, it doesn't happen, but they do understand as well. I do believe your spirit team understand it you need the time out and you know I sit for trans mediumship as well and uh, quite a lot of guides will come forward and give me advice I record it and then when I hear it back I'm like oh, okay awesome. so I get that and I get that yeah yeah I probably need to do a little bit more of that um one of the things that I did read in your bio off the top there was that you offer a contemporary approach to your psychic and mediumship work based on traditional principles so is that kind of the melding of maybe the old with the new is that what we were talking about earlier with you maybe learning some guidance such as wait two years and then running that through your own filter and discerning that that's not actually true for you or how would you kind of explain a little bit about maybe your style of mediumship is it quite unique to other people I have never seen you perform so I can't comment on that just yet yeah, I, I feel like the traditional values for me are very important. So that being, you know, the principles of why I'm doing this work and the 
sort of the the mediums of the past what they brought to the forefront about mediumship is very important for me and learning that you know this is about service and it's not yeah. about ego and it's not about being the best medium in the world and being the most famous medium in the world it's not about any of that it's about that traditional principle of you're doing this for the healing aspect and really if you think about it for me anyway I it's never changed mediumship has progressed what we know about spirit has progressed and there has to be that progression but really if we're talking about communication it's still the same the people want to come forward they want to communicate so there's that's a basic principle a basic sort of tradition but the reason I uh, included that in my bio and and the way that I work in the more contemporary way is because we live in a very modern world now so Mm. the days of old it can't be the same it's not the same people don't expect that so you kind of have to move with the times so that you can get the message out to the people now and the way that life is now but also not forgetting those traditional principles like Hel- you know because I studied Helen Duncan because I have studied Gordon Higginson he's another amazing yeah. uh, English medium um he was involved in the movement for years and years uh, and I've studied those old traditions of that kind of mediumship and brought it into my work yeah I love that a lot and I think that you know what you're also saying here is it's almost as though you're giving yourself permission to evolve you're giving yourself permission to maybe learn new techniques, but you're holding on to your values and what makes you you. And I think that, you know, sometimes we can be, we can be told to be somebody different, you know, in terms of maybe the public eye, or I know for myself, you know, sometimes I, I have these things where I'm like, was I diplomatic in that way? Did I handle that in the most, you know, whatever way I'm supposed to say that? And, you know, I think sometimes if we can just be who we are and be truthful to who we are and back ourselves, then it's that whole idea of those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind, you know, by Dr. Seuss, that quote. But I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes it can be difficult to navigate that that landscape. Do you find that it's difficult to navigate maybe difficult comments or, you know, people who say on social media that we're doing work that's maybe not not sound or Christ-like or whatever the case or do you are you able to kind of ignore that I can ignore that most of the time I mean like you I mean I I, social media is a thing right and I struggled with social media initially because I was like well I don't know if I really want to you know open up in that way but then at the same time I was like well you'll reach more people and that's what the work's for and all the rest of it so you kind of you go between the two but in opening that up even if even with events and, and such like, you're going to get your skeptics, you're going to get people that don't believe in this, that feel that, you know, it shouldn't be the done thing or that you're fraudulent. Yeah. That's another thing you hear a lot. It's fraudulent. You're preying on vulnerable, vulnerable people, people and all the rest of it. Initially, that bothered me a little bit and I would feel like I had to explain myself. But now, no, I, I don't. I just feel like, you know, I, I wish those people well and if that's their belief I've no problem with that at all but I know what I do and I know that it's truth and it's helping people and I kind of just hang on to to that and in um, Scotland and in the UK there are a lot of spiritualist churches and centres here that have mediums and I remember going to one in a little town not not too far from me and every time you went to serve this centre there was people outside with placards and boards saying, you know, that you were witches and that you shouldn't be doing it. And there were protests and you had to walk through them to get into the centre, you know. Uh, and at the time you were like, wow, you know, I didn't yeah. know that there was such a high level of that still. But obviously on social media, it can all come forward. And also sometimes when people say these things, it's because they, they just don't understand it or they're scared of it. They're frightened. That's a that's quite a big one where people have a fear of that thinking you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, of course, people have the fear of the unknown. And you know, some of this stuff is intangible. But when we're picking up things about cooking Naki yesterday, and no one was there. I mean, when you're Mm -hmm. bringing up when you're bringing through evidence, when you're talking about people who've passed, and you have no idea what you're saying, and the information's being validated, it's like, how can you make that up? Sometimes you, know? you sometimes you get a skeptic. Like someone, like I did a reading yesterday and I knew when the lady came in, she was kind of skeptical. 
And as I started to speak to her, she was opening up. She was, yeah, yeah, that's true that, you know, and she was kind of opening up a little bit, softening up. And then her son came through. And when he came in, the information was flowing and she was saying, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And just all of a sudden, very softly, I heard her son saying his name. Uh, and he, his name is Michael. And he said, Michael. And that's the way I heard it, like Michael. So I said to her, oh, I'm hearing Michael. And she went, that's him. And right at that moment in time, every all her walls oh. came down. She fine but you know we you know as a medium we don't always get that you know we don't yeah. always get a name we don't always get and no. people sometimes come looking for a specific thing and if they don't get that they invalidate all the rest of the the evidence yeah. um but as mediums as, as you will know lauren as well you know we we don't control what comes sometimes it comes in that way sometimes it doesn't it depends on the the communication but as in yesterday's example that was really beautiful because i could see that he got through to her and that was amazing he was a really good communicator actually um but that's when you walk away from that you feel like I've done a good job today you know I've, I've done I've really managed to do that and it's not for an ego purpose it's just so that you know as a medium that you are serving spirit well yeah yeah a hundred percent I remember I did a reading for someone this is when I was practicing and I remember i did this reading and I was still kind of learning my way of understanding which side of the family the person was from. So I attributed, I said, I think I said your father's mother, grandmother. Anyway, I did this whole thing. I talked to, you know, I did the clear sentience. So I was like feeling all this stuff. And I said, you know, she showed me this picture of you by her bedside, holding her, her right hand, her right hand. This is what's in the room that, 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 all the thing. Right. Well, it turns out it was the mother's mother, not the father's mother. But because mm -hmm. I was still learning, I had, I wasn't able to decipher that. I made that error. And then she goes, I remember she was saying like, well, I don't remember holding anyone else's hand in the hospital. And I said, yes, it's because I didn't get that one little thing right. And you're now yeah. second guessing all of this other stuff. Yeah. And I just remember Absolutely. feeling deflated a little bit because, you know, you're going, are you going to have heard the rest of it? But, you know, we can just That's, do the best we can. It's difficult because, yeah, as the medium, sometimes we're going to get it wrong. And I always say to the person sitting with me, you know, this is not, this is not 100% guaranteed. I can only open up hold space for that, see what comes and do my best. And I always say to the person, say no to me if it's no. Don't feel you have to say yes just because I'm telling you something because what that will do is you will say yes and you will mean no. And then after it, even if everything else is correct, you'll invalidate it because you'll say, but she didn't get that right. Yeah. So it invalidates the rest. So I think if if you educate the person who's in front of you to say, look, I, I, okay, I've picked up wrong. It's the wrong side of the family that's that's just what happens sometimes and yeah. mediums can't always you know sometimes I'll get uh you know a father coming forward uh, and sometimes mix it up with a a brother because it's a protective energy I feel it's a mm. protection it's you know, looking at for it doesn't always happen like that but we have to remember that mediums work through the mind it's mind mind to mind mediumship so your mind sometimes is going to come in and get in the way. And I think as long as you know that and understand that, then you don't crucify yourself after it. I know that you'll have been in positions where you absolutely crucify yourself after it. And I've done that too, where I didn't get that right and I didn't get that right. And, you know, you have to learn to just say, leave that to the side. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, we're already at our hour, of course. It flies by as it always does. Karen, I've just loved talking to you. Something tells me we may have another part two because we only are scratching the surface really of getting to know each other and I'm sure the things that you can comment yeah. on. So I'd love to know how can people get in touch with you? I know you're based in Scotland, uh, so which is fantastic. People can still get readings from you online, of mm -hmm. course. So can you share a little bit about you know, if you've got anything coming up, I think you're a teacher as well. So yeah, just please. And anything I didn't ask yeah. you that you wanted to comment on as well or share. 
Yeah, just if people want to get in touch with me, they can go to my website, which is karendoherty.com. Uh, everything's on there. I have mentorship on there where people can inquire about uh, a one-to-one -one mentoring. I feel very strongly about that side of things because I know that when I started, I didn't really have a specific teacher to look to. It was almost like I was kind of struggling to find my way and I would love to have spoken to a teacher or asked advice or guidance. So for me, I created that mentorship for a very one-to-one -one, um, personal tuition so not large groups you know um so that is on my website and also obviously my online readings telephone readings are on there too so anyone at any time can find out further information and and they can also subscribe to the website which is not a bombardment of emails every month it's more just to keep people in line with maybe new events or things that i'm doing that they could take part in so all of that's at karendoherty.com Perfect. And I'll put a link to that as well for our listener at home in the show notes. Karen, thank you so much for being here today. I love talking to you. <laughs> I've loved it too. Thank you so much for asking me to be here. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.